spring is here and uh, Central Park is very very pretty this time of the year and it's empty to a large degree uh, Easter weekend was an exception there were more people but it was still I mean it's nothing compared to the way it should be this time of the year and I say this as somebody who has not spent that much time in New York but knows what New York should look like this time of the year um, I am far more intimate with what Beirut should feel like this time of the year. I had a ticket to, to be in Beirut uh, over both Easter holidays, Easter weekends. And uh, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, a lot of people sort of uh, getting together, just like Christmas and New Year's or Adha. But this is, um, this is also a f sort of a, a very touristy part of the year too. And not too long ago, sort of. Uh, Lebanese abroad diaspora coming back to visit as well as Gulf tourists and when I say Gulf tourists I don't necessarily mean Gulf locals I mean foreigners that live in the Gulf that sort of escape their routine and and come to Beirut and um, it's been many years now that I've sort of uh, I had to be in Beirut for Easter because that was a sort of a, a peak moment for the tour I guess it would have been 10 years ago in 2010. It was about a year after I started giving the tour regularly. And back then it was, uh, if not every day, almost every day of the year. Uh, Easter, I remember this, April 2010, was the first time I had to seriously uh, reconsider my reservation system because there was one date think over 120 people showed up and I quickly realized that you can't do this you need to limit the number of people per tour and you have to structure it better and I was an amateur and I quickly figured out how to cap it and 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 sort of uh, I found the right number of people per tour it was peak it was full every every date that I offered it and uh, I was supposed to be there Right now, of course, um, coronavirus and uh, and of course also the the aftermath of uh, of the months of of protests and the security parameters that are now blocking a large part of the itinerary for the tour. Um, it's just it's just impossible to give it right now. All that said, I spent the last few days thinking about uh, about. Beirut, thinking about also the anniversary. It's been 45 years since the Civil War started. Thinking back to my family and why they left their determination to, to return after the war ended. And that long duration of hope and despair. I don't know. 
this kind of isolation in New York and this ability to reflect perhaps too deeply at times on uh, on your own life and, uh, you know, all that stuff that you shouldn't think about too much. I've been thinking about too much. To distract myself, I've been listening to music. And when I go to Central Park or wherever I go, I have headphones on. And I'm listening to more and more artists that I didn't fully appreciate because I just never had the time to really sit back and just sort of let my thoughts wander to hours and hours of music. While I was sort of skimming through some uh, some music that I downloaded, I saw on uh, social media uh, uh, a musician, his name is Hadi Zaydan. He posted something about uh, wanting a hibernation pill so that he could wake up when all this coronavirus stuff has passed. I've seen him sort of uh, posting these kinds of messages repeatedly. And he uh, he released an album just two weeks ago uh, in the middle of this pandemic. He also announced a new album set to be released Wednesday on uh, the 15th of April. So he's doing it on his own. And I've been listening to his music. I spent the weekend, actually, this past Easter weekend, listening to his uh, his previous two records. Taksim Analog and Cosmic Anatomy of Synthesizers. I saw that he was releasing a new record titled Sketches. I saw him online. I figured, you know, he's probably stuck somewhere, detached. Um, I know that he's based in Paris for the most part, and I just sort of messaged him. Uh, he's in the countryside. He's stuck with his partner, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's none of my business. Um, I'm sure a lot of couples, uh, their their future is being tested at the moment. And uh, I just, you know, I just sent him a message. And I wanted to ask him if he'd be up for talking about his new record. Um, this whole coronavirus social distancing experience we're all going through. And his uh, his memories of Beirut and, and the protests and how his music reflects on uh, his own intimate, sort of immediate life and uh, his upbringing in Lebanon and where he sees things moving. Of course, it's a, it's a music-heavy episode. And I think it's, uh, it's a great way of sort of just letting this universal language uh, speak for all of us at a time that we're, we're disconnected physically, but we're connected virtually. And Hattie was was very kind. He let me uh, listen to the album before its release. During the episode, there are two songs in particular that will be featured towards the end of the episode in full. And I I used some footage of just the last weekend. I took my camera with me and just filmed sort of people walking, uh, people uh, just sort of. I I my interpretation is trying to have a sort of a normal weekend in uh, in Central Park uh, in the city those songs will have uh, will have that footage in the background towards the end of the episode you will see also links on how to buy his new record and all that information and I highly recommend it so for episode 135 this is my conversation with Hadi Zaydan could you just maybe take me back to your own personal 
exploration in music in Lebanon? Maybe going back to where this sort of the curiosity of music started and how Lebanon links to that. Well, I mean, I, I grew up in Lebanon, you know, I did high school there and, you know, everyone in high school, when you when you want to express yourself and you're part of the privileged kids who go to private schools, you know, we had access to be outdoors, we had access to guitars, you know, and, uh, you know, and so um, I, did ha I had my own rock band with a couple of friends mm. with the talent show uh, inner schools, you know, between yeah. own IC and whatnot. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so this was al already, you know, the genesis of uh, someone who's being in the margin of the classmates, um, mm. you know, what, what others were. I don't know, maybe spending their Sundays with their parents, their grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, I was practicing with my bandmates you know, when I was still 16. So that's probably you know, how uh, my, my, my idea of, of musical culture got shaped. Mm. Uh, to mention everything we listened to back in the days, um, you know, from rock music to... Psychedelic rock, jazz came a lot later. Yeah, but yeah. So this is um, I'm, I hope I've aged us both correctly here. That we're both thinking of this early '90s, mid '90s music scene. Late '90s. For Late me. '90s. Okay, and that I'm I'm thinking back myself to to music that I enjoyed growing up in Beirut, and a lot of it was sort of a blend of Euro trash that I was not interested in myself and a careful exploration of one dj that i discovered really just by accident and this was just sort of a a file share and I'm, i hope you recognize this man because i've kept his shirt for a long time i hope that is showing up of course it's apex apex twin yeah yeah so we've got uh a symbol that we both recognize right away mm. and you know when I hear your music, I and I think when I hear a lot of sort of this analog and synthesizer production, I think back to Richard D. James, Aphex Twin. This is the first time I ever sort of explore this terrain with somebody on the podcast. I have real admiration for him. And I, if I, I think I have his bio correct. He was 16 when he started experimenting with music. And this is in the sort of Cornwall, this is in England, sort of remote England. And he had a lot of time to think. But Cornwall, England, to me, is probably the most tranquil environment to grow up in. It's very calm. I'm guessing it's very quiet. And he comes up with the most jarring, most sort of uh, intense kind of uh, electronic music that I've ever heard. I mean, this guy is a bit, he's, he's an eccentric the other sort of DJ that I kind of stumbled into after him was Square Pusher. But Square Pusher is probably a blend of jazz and, and analog and, and electronic music. Maybe a jazz-like sort of uh, approach to it. But Aphex Twin is intense. At times, he's very sort of uh, melodic and very tranquil and ambient. But other times, he's a disaster. But I just, I think of England and I think of Cornwall. And then I, I think of that in the background. And... Okay, that's his sort of approach to where he comes from. 
I think of Beirut as the background that's chaotic and sort of uh, jarring and maybe intense and uh, violent. And it's just, it's loud. Your music and other sort of DJs that I've come to appreciate, other producers, other musicians from the Lebanese scene, I think are reacting to the outside world in the opposite way, that, that the music becomes very emotional. And at times it's sort of a, it's a, it's almost like a, a soothing, healing step away from the jarring atmosphere we know from the outside. Does any of this resonate with you when you make your music? And I know you're not in Beirut right now, but you grew up there. Is that kind of chaos-like atmosphere influencing the more tranquil music that you make? Yeah, that's quite interesting. And I've, I've always said that geography, I mean, um, inputs how, how, how we perceive music, how we perceive sound. Mm. Uh, but that's only one parameter. Yeah. Uh, it's also the records we listen to. It's also this, you know, the noise that surrounds us. Um, so, for all you know, um, Aphex Twin was listening. Twin was listening to 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 punk from Manchester. I mean, yeah, you don't yeah. know what his influences were. Mm. Um, so, yeah, maybe music production or or expressing oneself musically can be a reaction to their surroundings. Mm. For for my from my perspective, you know, I, I left Beirut more than 10, 10 years ago. So I don't, yeah. you know, I've, uh, Paris is as noisy, you know, but <laughs> maybe in the back of my head, yes, yeah. there is sort of reaction to the the mess. Uh, we, we say in Lebanese, Aja'a. Hey. Well, yeah, and there's a level of fauda in in his music that's not available in his surroundings. And I, I, I always, I mean, yeah, is the right word. But are you, are you deliberately, I mean, is, is Beirut on your mind when you're making music away from Beirut? Yeah, for, for a lot of tracks, yes. For mm. a lot of versions, it was a source of inspiration, a muse. Yeah. And it's quite transparent, actually. You know, I, I name Beirut is uh, almost omnipresent in my work. Yeah. Um, even the my, my latest EP, Obscure Sounds for Small Clubs, yes, was completely influenced by Beirut's emblematic uh, Luna Park, and it's even the cover of the album of the right. vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's colorful. You know, it had some real noise. Um, so yeah, definitely. And uh, even if I wasn't, you know, I am based in France. Um, I've been keeping a bridge with the Beirut scene for a few years. Um, I go there on average five times a year. Um, oh wow! So you are you're. I mean, you're not disconnected. You're sort of well. You're up to date with everything that's been happening in the last, at least the last few months, if not the last years. Yeah, definitely. And I've even started this uh, Beirut Electro Parade Festival, yes. mm -hmm. the national, and in which I host 100% uh, local Lebanese acts. Yes. Uh, internationally, I've, you know, we, we, we've been to um, Australia. We, you know, I, I hosted it in Paris a few times. Mark Kutzi was one of my, was yeah. my best two or three times. I don't remember. It depends on the projects he's he's under undertaking. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, usually the the current underground scene that I try to portray. Um, last year it was Frequent Defects, a new collective that's um, mm -hmm. very in Beirut. 
this year I was supposed to, to host this whole new grime scene with an all-female lineup. Uh, it was supposed to be in two in two weeks' time, but you know because yeah. of the COVID nineteen lockdown, uh, it was, yeah. that's life. Um, so yeah, I am I am keeping a bridge with Beirut. So perhaps it is influencing my 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 career or my persona as a musician. But that's not the only parameter that I would uh, you know, I would consider. After all, I am European resident uh, here. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned Mark Kutzi. I didn't have to bring him up. You kind of maybe uh, provided the best way to mention, and I've, I used to say this regularly the first few episodes, it's always in the details, that he produced the music for the podcast. Um, yeah. And you know, I got lucky because I met him by accident at a friend's dinner party. And we sat together. Uh, we were talking about art, film, and I had no idea this man produced some of my favorite Lebanese music. It kind of came up by accident. And when it came up, I tried to sort of play it cool. I didn't want to make him a little, I didn't want to be a fan. So I kind of just said, yeah, you know, good music, soap kills, good band. We, but we sort of established a friendship after that. I hope, I don't know if that was part of the friendship that he's just like, okay, this guy's fine. He's not going to take advantage of this friendship. Although later on, I did ask him to make the music for the podcast, but that was a that was more of a I wanted his music to be part of uh, part of this, and we talked about one man, and I'm going to just show you uh, this. I know he's not a DJ per se, but Max Richter. Um, I hope this shows up well on your side. Does and we kind of we kind of both sort of reference tracks that make us feel good. Some of them make us curious. Um, our our conversations were mostly uh, music, and uh, of course, after Mark Kutsi, I decided, you know what, it's time I speak to Zaid Hamdan to talk about all that soap uh, soap kills and his relationship to music and and his own experiences. And something struck me that it's not just these two; it's a lot of people in this scene. Their music is born out of their experiences in Beirut, in Lebanon. But their appreciation, I think, is oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes better explored, better expressed outside of Lebanon. And what I mean by this is, I think it's, and you, you tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, that it's still difficult. It's probably difficult anywhere in the world, but it's the challenges are more severe to be a true artist at home in Lebanon, that you can make it to a point. But even when you make it to a point, it's not maybe the um, it's not the full exploration. It's limited. And in order to pursue this art form, you still have to try your hand away. And maybe with that, the appreciation sort of uh, it, it accelerates abroad as opposed to at home. And what I mean by this is there's so many musicians I know that are from Lebanon, performed in Lebanon, and they're not there. And it's not that they're not there by because they don't want to be there. They desperately want to be there. But that it's just an art form that they cannot fully attain at home. And it's not just electronic music. We have Mashrua Leila that's, I think, based between New York and Europe at the moment. Uh, Mark Kutsi himself goes, like you, between Paris and Beirut. Many musicians have kind of done that. They're they're away from home. 
Does any of that resonate with you and your experience in terms of playing music at home, making music at home, and now making music abroad? Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that's proper to Lebanon or to mm. the Lebanese. That's yeah. proper, proper to the expression form or uh, art as an expressive form. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you want to give a great example, well, I, w- I would use Daft Punk, the two Frenchmen yes. who actually did, uh, you know, made it internationally uh, in the USA. But I can give you hundred more names. Sure. Phoenix, also a French band, Bob mm-hmm. Sinclair, David Guetta. <laughs> okay, now, yeah, that's that's the list. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, Philippe Zda, who, who passed away, uh, you know, is a great producer. Quincy Jones, uh, mm. uh, I mean, who, you know, well. So, yeah, I, I don't, Aphex Twin, by the way. I, you know, but, but he's, yeah, you're right. Aphex Twin has that global brand. But um, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but is there something, are the challenges different for you, at least, when it comes mm. to the Lebanese experience? I mean, I can't really evaluate how how it would be for for a Lebanese artist because uh, I'm not in their shoes. You know, I'm I mean, a Lebanese artist who stayed in Lebanon. Uh, mm, I mean, because mm. had the opportunity to leave when I was uh, before I could uh, pretend to have a career. Right. Yeah. So I I I built mine, or let's let's say I built mine uh, in in Paris, and thanks to Paris. Mm. I don't know hypothetically. I don't like hypothetical situations, but maybe hypothetically speaking, I wouldn't have been able to do the same if I were to stay in Lebanon. Um, right. That's probably true. Um, I can't tell, but what I can say from a technical perspective is mm. that I have noticed a lack of infrastructure in Lebanon mm. uh, when it comes to the art scene in general and the music in particular. Um and that's you know that's because of uh, the Lebanese current economic situation, the social situation, the sophistication also of the public. You know, you, you can't expect a lot from you know from from the Lebanese crowd. Maybe I, I, I don't know. When you um, say when you say infrastructure, do you mean more like uh, I mean labor state, state level? Oh, oh, you mean in the business side, not so much yeah, the yeah. Course. I mean, it could be both. You know. Mm. I, um, Forming rights organizations, labels, uh, yeah. maybe even um, uh, curriculums, academic right. curriculums. Some, a few people do go to uh, the, conserva- the conservatoire. Uh, we had mm. uh, a great uh, conservatoire director for years, which uh, who is Walid mm. uh, yes. you know, a good, good, great musician. You know, but, um, no, he's, he's he's passed away, but. Um, um, yeah, so I don't know. It is a lack of infrastructure, but don't forget. I mean, we can't blame Lebanon for this. Uh, it's a country that has been through war. Yeah, yeah. They were so we can't really expect them to have what what we we can't compare um, the infrastructure in Europe and in the U.S. Mm. Lebanon's. So it's really a story of the. It's not that I mean the talent is there, but it's how to channel that talent to a wider audience. That just it's difficult in Lebanon, and it's difficult anywhere. But maybe that's just part of the story more because of chaos and violence and war. I mean, this is one reason, mm. of course. 
also a more simple humane reason, which is uh, every every person needs to expand their horizons. Yeah, yeah. Once you travel, your your world is bigger. You right. You realize that uh, it's not just Marm uh, Khayel, you be outdoors. <laughs> world is bigger. You realize I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some people actually do not realize this for first, mm, you know, that's mm. bad. They think they will, you know. Uh, but once you do travel and you realize, you know, that uh, you can have millions of other references, you can, you yeah. know, and sometimes, indeed, you do have to travel a few miles uh, to to notice that actually uh, you didn't belong home or maybe you're, you know, that's mm. just how, how it is. Is it, I mean, I like that you referenced the, you know, the moment you said Madam Khair, will AUB outdoors, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think a lot of people get their springboard that way. They start there. Uh, and, and some people stay, like you said. Um, but it is a rather vibrant scene for a city. I mean, it's quite impressive that a very, very sm a fairly small population can produce a lot of talent. And I think I'm always a bit struck at that, that you get sort of, without the infrastructure, without maybe even the support, uh, and maybe without the full support of the population it's not like this is a the audience is still limited when it comes to that kind of music but still there's a lot of talent and a lot of expression a lot of creativity and i'm going to maybe jump from that to the last few months in beirut i don't think any other city can properly protest the way beirut protests and I would just, I mean, this is a superficial example. I, I, I see flavors of this. Hong Kong has its flavor. Uh, Paris has its own sort of uh, way of protesting. And then, of course, many other cities do. New York is an example as well. That You do see people sort of charming their way through ideas. But the Lebanese are unique. They are quite expressive. Yes, but, you know, or, or, you know it's just the subjective, because... Uh, because you're Lebanese, are, are you not? Because I mean, if 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 you do, if you look at other pro, you know, in, in Algeria, in Algeria, it was as as magical, and in, in Soleimaniya in Iraq, mm. the people protested for years. Yeah, it was as magical, and it's mm. as effervescent. You don't think so? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. No, no, I, I actually, I mean, I agree that yes, they they are all magical in their own way, but the, from my eyes, and you're probably right that this is a very subjective reaction. Uh, the rhythm, the chance, uh, the very, very quick ability to turn this from a just a demonstration into a almost a, an art, an artist's dream. I'll give you an example. Um, forget the chance about somebody's mother's uh, private parts. That's not the uh, that's although that is melodic and that is rhythmic and that is central. That is very central to the protest. Yeah, Mustafa by Bob Azam. Yeah, Mustafa. Mm. Yeah, well, these are... Th okay, so that's an example. And then you have... Out of nowhere, people are just sort of drawing. They're, they're painting. You get Jad al-Khuri, this guy who did Burj al-Hawa on Burj al-Mur. Yes. The egg is out of nowhere becoming like a rainbow-colored egg. I mean, it's... For a small population, for a small scene, it is very big. And I, I always think about that, that... Beirut is a small little dot on planet Earth, but it, it, it's sort of an exaggerated version of something. And I always sense that there's a, 
it's almost like a wanting to be part of something bigger and and doing it really well mm. because there's like you said i mean every country at some point has had some version of this but my eyes the lebanese version is always quick to it's it's almost like it's ready for action it doesn't take much motivation the art is there and it's just waiting and once it's given that channel it's sort of front and center you're right well, I mean, there, I can't explain this because you know, I, there, there are, there probably should be some papers written about this. this <laughs> right. We'll, we'll, we'll suck out the fun of it and make it a research uh, dissertation. <laughs> Maybe one, one, one explanation is that well, the Lebanese people themselves, they are a mixture of a few civilizations. Mm, um, mm. If you grew up in Beirut or not, but when you grew up in when you grow up in, on, on, on the sea and see a horizon to you every, uh, in front of you every day, yes. it's big. And when you see airplanes, uh, you know, yeah. taking off and landing every day, you know, it makes you notice that the world isn't as small as your city. And so the mindset of people and the youth there, you mm. know, they, they do dream, dream big. Not yeah. to mention, um, well, I mean, the economic crisis that people are living so probably they they want to be they want to foster productivity in their own way it can be mm, through music mm. i don't know but yeah i don't know it is particular indeed yeah. um, we can romanticize about what happened uh, these past uh, months in lebanon yeah it is logical indeed uh, but yeah but i i, I did see it uh, somewhere else i saw it in kurdistan for example when mm. isis uh, was defeated. I, I I was in Kurdistan uh, a few months after with the French Institute. Mm. I went to Soleimaniye, the cultural capital of Kurdistan, and uh, it reminded me. Uh, it re- reminded me a lot of Beirut, to be honest. Did you go there for for music? You were there to perform. So I, so I did a, uh, I, We did a workshop uh-huh. there with the Institute and the Institut Français, the French yes. Institute. Mm there and uh, I, I saw a similar effervescence you know uh, that mm. was um, present in Lebanon in the late 90s after the civil war right, uh, right. just communities gathered uh, there's you know for free space free raves uh, that's um, I mean you, you remember a, a cosmetic system in Lebanon it's uh, this this um, collective that did rave in the forest um, oh, of course, yes. Up in the Shouf, they did the yes, yeah. There were a couple, and so, so, so yeah, this was the same effervescence that there, were, there was in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's proper to Beirut, but indeed, something in Beirut is magical. Uh, but yeah, maybe it's uh, just um, some cycles. Yeah, but you know, I like that you you're, you're putting it in place because you're right. At the end of the day, it's not that Lebanon's not the center of the universe. And but it sometimes feels like it is, and I like that you 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 know you said something very simple. We all know it. We don't really talk about it though, especially for the for the slightly older audience. Um, I grew up in Ras Beirut, mm-hmm. and in the early nineties, this is before the extra runway was added on the coast, the the planes would fly right above Beirut and very loud and very low altitude. And I mean, it was very easy from most of the city. You just look up, you could even see which 
airline it was. You could kind of, I mean, you know, it was always, these are the years that more airlines were returning. So it's almost like it was fun to see, oh, Lufthansa said yes, you know, and Emirates are, British Airways is saying yes. And, you know, it is something that adds to imagination that you're seeing all these other countries sort of flying in and flying out. And it's it's very visible. It's not like this is not much effort. You just look up. And I like also you reference the sea. I mean, that's a, it's a very cliche thing. We all know it. But at the same time, it's important because mm. Lebanon is small. It's not like you can just head west <laughs> and see more. You're literally stuck by the coast. And I think, yeah, that forces maybe a level of creativity that... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just assume here in Paris on sort of in, almost in the middle of the European continent, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. to check out. You go a few kilometers in any direction. You have different languages, different experiences, different histories and all that. Mm -hmm. And you go even further and it changes even more so. Lebanon, even if you try getting out, you're stuck, especially the last decade where you're not even easily able to visit your neighbor syria and you're for about 70 years now you can't head south mm. let alone west there's just a sea so yeah it forces maybe people to maybe it maybe it makes people think that they're more important than they are because of limited terrain that they sort of see that this is all they have and the world maybe looks a lot smaller even though it's it is it is quite big i you know i i wanted to maybe get, get, gauge your mind on the last few months Many people, I think, that were representing Lebanon abroad and this can, different art forms, even even in a very sort of even comedians abroad that were getting mm -hmm. these audiences showing up to them and sort of uh, maybe there's a synergy of, you know, we're all in this, we're all watching this from afar, but we're very curious and very concerned. And I, uh, I, I wanted to ask you, and I, I'm not, I say this as somebody with a, a big fan without knowing what it's like to do this, to actually make music your recent album that not the one that's coming out on wednesday but uh the cosmic anatomy of synthesizers which i found i think it was released just weeks ago if not less than that yeah uh, it, it popped yeah I, I released it on march 15th i think march 30th yeah i don't know okay so i'm i'm at just this is pure sheer curiosity is the protest in the background of this album and I, I, the reason I ask you is because I, I got, I mean, I've, I'm new to your music and I, I'm enjoying learning your music and I'm sort of listening to it more and more to kind of, I, I'm curious about the connection to Lebanon whenever I listen to this. I know that it's not, there's no title that has anything Lebanese per se, but it is a bit of a more energetic, more upbeat uh, experience. And I was just wondering if that's a positivity that comes from hope mm -hmm. in Lebanon. And I ask this only in comparison because the only other album I know that you've released is Texim Analog. And that is a more sobering, more sort of, a, more maybe a, a calmer uh, version of music that I'm maybe, uh, I, I, I think it needed a little bit more appreciation. It was less, uh, less radiant with energy, more sort of cautious and, and reflective. And am, am I reading any of this correctly? I mean, I don't impose any any guidelines or notice. Mm -hmm. I don't give up notice when I release an album, you know. Okay, yeah. 
um, maybe, I don't know, I mean, um, producing cosmic anatomy of synthesizers did coincide after uh, the um, yeah. revolution in Lebanon. Um, I don't think there was any particular link. With mm. My aspirations <laughs> as Lebanese abroad who witnessed the, the revolutions, uh, maybe... Maybe my persona did mature uh, while um, looking at what's happening in Lebanon. Maybe I, I don't really know, but um, mm. there isn't any hidden message, you know, in, in my music at least. I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate this particular, you know. This, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't have the the capacity even to give <laughs> out uh, transparent messages. Uh, I don't. I, I don't I just yeah. do music as as you know as as I should in my studio, and for this particular example, cosmic anatomy of synthesizers is just a a homage an homage hmm. to synthesizers to analog synthesizers which I love. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, the poetic. I mean, there could be. I mean, I'm actually very flattered to hear this from someone who's listening. I'll tell you as, as somebody who knows nothing other than just, I mean, I know there obviously there's no lyrics to your music, which makes it more imaginative. That's the beauty mm -hmm. of electronic music that you don't, there's no, there's no obvious, there's no, it's really a personal journey. And I agree with you that it would be very weird if you had a manual with the album saying, this is what this album represents. Uh, each song has its own bio. I know that that doesn't exist and it shouldn't, but I'll just throw it out there. I mean, you have, track listings that are for me that's the whole lebanese experience the last three months and i'll just say it out loud when the green star waned for me was less a star and more the cedar tree and i thought of the tree burning and sort of fading over time that and that's how i approached that that song takeoff number one takeoff number two was march 14 and 2015 the cedar revolution and then the Ustink movement Oh. Blue Order Blast to me was October 17. I don't know what blue and what order is, but I thought that's the beginning. And then you have these names that to me are like, um, they're more metaphysical. It's like you have to look up and, and believe in something else. So you have Space Cadet. I mean, this is like... Well, I mean, to, to, to be fair to the copyright holders, I don't know who they are, but uh, these are names of um, sci-fi novels from the 80s. See, that's good. That's good. Now I know that I got it wrong, although I still can see it that way. But I, <laughs> I think we should nuance. Everything's nuanced. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to just say, it, though, supernova rotation. I mean, that, that's the protest movement. Tower of Glass, al Burj, Martyrs Square, very fragile, but still there. Failure to launch, for me, is what happened. The coronavirus, the pandemic halted everything in its place. I can't tell. I can't say you're wrong, okay. but I can't write either. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of music. Yes. Everyone, believes, you know, this used to happen a lot when I was in high school. It doesn't happen to me any, a lot anymore because you know, probably you know, I'm an adult now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, well, yeah, we're we're adults. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in in high school, a few a few a few songs I remember. I, I would listen to and I would you know feel emotional. I would feel something, mm. and I would relate to the lyrics sometimes to musical notes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the composer and the you know the recording artist didn't mean didn't mean this 
particular notes to be, you know? Sure, sure. That's uh, It's very rare when an artist is telling you what they're thinking. You know, a good example is what I showed you earlier. Max Richter, he literally asked us in the audience to take a nap. In his performance, he said, this is what I mean, sleep. And he asked us to just fall asleep to his music. It's rare that that happens. I agree. Very, very, very rare. Message behind music, because, you know, that's quite interesting, because music is a language. Everyone speaks. Yeah. Yeah. But the expressions don't always mean, mean the same thing to to the listeners. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's interpretive language in a, uh, to a degree. It's yeah. I think I mean just as just as, you know, art is the same. Mm. And that's uh, this is why I, I'm, I was saying it's flattering. This means that I've I may have produced inadvertently a, a an opus, an art, an art piece. Yeah. The vector is sound and, and iTunes and Spotify, but uh, you know, um, if it is an art piece and you perceive it and you relate to it, then I'm definitely flattered. I am happy that I uh, got it wrong, and I'm also <laughs> happy to keep it that that way. And uh, I've, I'm going to link up these. Uh, I mean, the the three albums: uh, Texim Analog and and of course the Cosmic Anatomy of Synthesizers. Uh, your your upcoming release, which is uh, scheduled for Wednesday, uh, titled Sketches. Can you tell me more about just the, the the title, the actual name of the album? I know that with with all that's been said, just what does the name mean to you? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's literally sounds sketches that I had in my for my my studio, just mm. original recordings from my synthesizers. Mm. Every day, I you know I have to I have to work as as a producer to on finding new sounds. Sometimes I work on client projects, and so I have this database, uh, you know this uh, this hard drive full of recordings. Uh, you know I think about more than thirty gigabytes of music, and uh, of you know small recordings, whatnot. Yes. And uh, and these uh, past three weeks, uh, four weeks now. Um, I had a lot of time, uh, and uh, <laughs> you no, know, why not use some of these uh, sketches and make an album? And so I did. Uh, that's uh, you know, it's um, enhanced uh, the title. Is this a sequel at all to the previous record, or is this a standalone? And it's uh, because I ask just because of the that sort of quick duration, month to month. Are they are they meant to be listened together, or are they a standalone? Yeah, they're no, they're not meant to be listened together. Mm. Um, Cosmic Anatomy of Synthesizers was indeed released on March 30th, but it was planned, uh, it's been planned for a few months. I see. Okay. Uh, it didn't get the proper promotion because of COVID-19, you know, the lockdown, yeah. whatnot. I just, you know, I, 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 I didn't want to get in, in, you know, in the fuss of sending it to promoters, whatnot. You know. sure. Now it's out there, if people want to, want to listen to it, then you know, it's fine. Uh, sketches, on the other hand, is really the product of these past few weeks mm -hmm. uh, so um, naturally it is the product of years of work as as a musician as a music producer because sure. you know everyone has their, their own technique of producing music of recording of, uh, you know um, I've, I've got uh, the same machines that were used for the old albums and so the sound may sound may seem the same that's just natural 
great. Really, I'm going to include this in the episode. We'll get maybe to hear just a snippet. And uh, there's track three, which I wanted to include because it speaks to today in particular. Um, it is called Sundays in Paris. And I want you to experience this with us, Hedi. So I'm going to share this with you as well. And... I want to make sure you can hear it too while we record. So I hope you can see what I have on my laptop at the moment. Thank you. Excellent. So let's listen to Sundays in Paris.
are there particular musicians that Lebanese or not Lebanese that maybe inspired you to take the electronic approach? Oh, um, there are so many. Uh, I, I, I think the the musician I really look 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 up to most uh, is Cosmo Vitelli. He's uh, oh, yes. Uh, he has a label called I'm a Cliche. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, he's still making music, if I'm not mistaken. He is still making music. Yeah. He, yeah. he released an album um, this year, actually two albums. Well, I mean, it's one album, but in two parts. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this is one guy I particularly look up to. Um, but I, I can't really... There are so, so many influences that I can't really, uh, you know, give you a list. Well, I'd have to say LCD sound system. Oh, that's a good choice. Actually, you, you now you took me back in time, though. That's uh, yeah. yeah. This is two thousand six. I don't know. Even four. maybe earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's it's quite some time ago. But no, they. Yeah. I mean, fantastic music. Yeah, and and probably hot chip, hot chip. Actually, I, I really love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In two thousand five, also I mean. Yeah, there are so many influences. I can't really tell you, but if, if there is if there is one, let's say let's say one turning turning point in in my perception of music, I would say it was LCD sound system and and the hot. Um, yeah, uh, well, because uh, hot chip. Yeah, sorry, LCD sound system's album and and the losing my edge track. Uh, um, I think it's so genius. They. they they did a an arrangement of an of a techno track mm. uh, synthesizer and guitars and, and and their voice. But but if if, if you look at the you know, if you look technically at the arrangement of the track, you can play it in clubs. You know, you can, it's, yes, uh, right, right. Or to the floor, you've got uh, yeah. And it's and, it's not. I mean, I think it would be unfair just to say that this is electronic music. This is actual. I mean, there's layers and layers to the, to these productions. And I, you know, I think about that. Are are you, are you sitting alone making all this music on your own, or are there actual people providing instrument sort of uh, contributions? I, I have uh, I have a few synthesizers. I have I've got uh, instruments. I, I do my own recordings. Mm -hmm. And coming from a musical background already, so you know, I, yeah, I play the piano, the guitar, the drums. Right, so right. I'm trying to do everything organically. Yeah, and I, I guess that also offers you full creative control that you can't really get upset at anyone. <laughs> this is your own production. I mean, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind working with, uh, mm. with other musicians. I haven't had... I mean, actually, I did have the chance to do it a couple of times. Mm. Not not on a recording basis, but in, in live performances, and I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I, uh, yeah. I'll include another song that I got to know just a few maybe an hour or so ago but i i took a quick quick liking to it so it's called resonance in c major and again i just want to make sure that you get to see this as well so here we go
look forward to including the full track listing. And of course, when it comes out, it'll be available. Uh, I know that it'll be available on SoundCloud, but is it just sort of all streaming services? Definitely, it's on all all digital platforms. Uh, if people would like to buy the album, it would be on my Bandcamp. Excellent. Uh, great platform that I use. Uh, you know. I'll include the website that has all that info, and also, of course, the Bandcamp link. And uh, I'll I'll make sure that people see your upcoming tour dates, even though they've been halted like everyone on planet Earth. Uh, I hope that they're rescheduled because I'd like to catch you live uh, when I can also leave and travel as well. Yeah, sorry, no, before you end, maybe I recommend a movie. Please, go ahead. And it's actually on Netflix, at least in France. I would recommend The Shawshank Redemption. Jesus Christ. Beautiful. (laughs) Yes, I did not expect that one, yeah. That's a very good choice for the moment. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say anything more about the movie, but I think... uh, Particularly in these days, I think it's a great, beautiful analogy of, of hope and hopefulness and how, you know, one should uh, stay positive. Uh, Hadi, I'm going to just end it with saying that uh, we, we, I sort of joked around with you before we started recording that uh, when you posted on Instagram that we need a hibernation pill uh, and waking up after this all ends. I, I'm glad you didn't take the pill before this conversation started. So now it's... Uh, perfect moment to fall asleep uh thank you for staying awake in paris time to do this with me uh thank you for agreeing to do this on a very short notice and i hope we meet in person at some point and i look forward to seeing your music live and for anyone listening please check out the album sketches comes out on wednesday and this episode is a dedication to your music and lebanese music and lebanese artists so thank you hadi thank you